Hey guys, it's the Eskimo Libertarian here, and I'd like to challenge you guys to a Super Smash tournament, and I think we should stream a Super Smash tournament on either Twitch or on YouTube, Facebook, what have you, so that we can raise money and have a good time, kind of like how we had the Jeopardy event. I think it'd be a lot of fun, so I'm officially challenging you folks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest podcast on the internet called Not A Real Libertarian. I am your host, the Bootleg Libertarian, and tonight we have on Mr. Shannon Bray. But before we get to that point, we've got to have a little foreplay. Um, one of which is one of the best sponsors that we have, which is also really the only sponsor we need. Jack Casey's The Royal Green is in stores right now. You can go to theroyalgreen.com and buy you 25,000 copies of it so he will continue sponsoring this show and other shows out there. Um, it's also on Amazon and other places where they sell books. Don't ask me. I can't read. Um, also, tomfor52.com. Right there. Boom. Tomfor52.com. Go check him out. He runs better than the government and his feet don't work. So that should tell you a lot. Also, if you want to do a call-in moment tonight, go to anchor.fm slash not a real libertarian. It's right there at the bottom of your screen. Call in, ask questions for Mr. Bray, myself, or just if you want to yell at me, just do it like that. Just just go to anchor.fm slash not a real libertarian. So now I will bring on my co-host, the one, the only, the fakest of all libertarians, Mr. Will Doherty. What's up? I just ordered my copy of The Royal Green on Amazon. Since you had one, I, I felt really left behind. Have you actually read any of it yet? Uh, besides the ASMR reads? No. Okay. I'm gonna to try to beat you. I want to actually have an opinion on this book. I feel I feel ridiculous talking about it, having no idea. But all right, it's it's happening. I'm not gonna read it. Um, I, I would on, feel I, I would feel horrible reading this book and knowing that he gives us money and then continue to shit on it week after week. I would feel just I would I, I'm not gonna say I feel bad, but I'd feel a little dirty, like I need to take a shower. I, I think it's going to be good, to be completely honest with you. Oh, <laughs> Jack Jack's smart. I think it'll be good. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to read it. Yeah, don't read it. Don't read it. I'm going to be the first libertarian to read the Royal Green. I'm excited. But all right. So y'all don't want to hear what we have to say because nobody does. Um, so let's bring on our guest who is running for Senate. U.S. Senate in North Carolina, Mr. Shannon Bray. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> uh, I just um, I 
I just became mutuals with Jack Casey on Clubhouse and stuff the, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, so it's actually on my to-do list to make it through that book or at least to order it. <laughs> I'll probably, I'll probably wait till I can find it on books on tape though and catch it, you know, when I don't drive to work. That's what I say. I listen to a lot of stuff on Audible because I work out of my car a lot. And so I'm waiting for that moment too. But there's there's a lot of books with libertarian themes, movies, a lot of art have libertarian themes, but written by a libertarian, that's a different level. So I, I got to give it a chance. It's got to happen. But yeah, <laughs> I, I was just messing with some stuff. I'm an, I'm an idiot. I'm a, I'm a functioning idiot. Um, Barely functioning. Uh. No, so I think if there's enough of us that do creepy ASMR readings online, we could eventually compile all of them together and make a really awful audiobook. And I think that's the only way we can do his book justice. Oh, is like a, <laughs> a compilation of creepy slash high slash drunk uh, ASMR readings. The uh, terrible the funny thing is, is we were on we were on Clubhouse uh, with them, and then in this particular room, I, I think Cajun was there everyone switched their pictures to Casey's picture. And then they were like bouncing in all these rooms and they were like, oh, I am Jack Casey. And I don't know. It was hilarious. It's one of those things I guess you had to be there for, but uh, uh, with, you know, the, the libertarian party aspect of it was definitely fun. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was in on that room. It was the laser eyes, Jack Casey. And then we <laughs> were storming rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Because we uh, we actually got Brian Lambert in there, and I kept hitting him up like, "You need to get in this room. You need to get in this room." And he finally pops in. He's like, "What is so important?" He's like, "I've got so much stuff to do today, guys. You don't understand. Claire's got me doing this, and I got to do this, and Spike's got me doing this." And then he was like, "What are y'all doing?" And then we explained to him. He's like, "Oh, there's a great room right here. Follow me," and disappears. And for like 30, 40 minutes, this is all we did. And <laughs> That was my first day on Clubhouse, uh, and it was I, I stopped working. I was just having a blast. That's, that's Clubhouse usually. <laughs> I don't know to tell you. So let's so, get to the weeds, Shannon. All right. So, so you're running for Senate. I am. Which will be next November is your election. Mm-hmm. So how are you preparing for that so far, which I already know some of these answers, but for our audience to hear. Well, you know, ideally right now it's um, mostly just the online messaging, whatnot. Uh, in the state of North Carolina, I have been fortunate to kind of, um, so I was involved in the last election in, in uh, what the, the 2020. And from that aspect, as a bunch of Democrats were trying to take on the Republican candidate, I got invited to a, to a lot of stuff. And I was their boo boy, right? Because the Republicans wouldn't show up. Um, but then when they asked, you know, what we're going to do with the second amendment, um, you know, at, at the beginning of the campaign, I was, I was fairly soft with exact, you know, with, with the, my dealings with the second amendment, but, you know, come, come the end after Portland, after seeing everything just fall apart, it was pretty much, you know, every every gun law is unconstitutional. I mean, even here in the state of North Carolina, I mean, just just a little while ago, we were watching um, the local news station um, and there was a guy, you know, he was, uh, you know, masked and cloaked and behind a curtain. 
he was a police officer for for Raleigh PD, and he was like, "Look, if if uh, if things get busy on a Friday night, uh, and you guys need to call um, the police for help, they may not show up, right?" So with with dire warnings like this, because they're talking about how the police are struggling, both you know in in Manning and personnel and you know budget cut, you know all of that stuff, and they're saying, "Well, they won't even respond." Well, this is one of that that's something i'm going to take on the campaign now i'm going to go find that interview i'm going to play it and i'm gonna be like well if the police can't get there in time who is there to take care of you um and it's only going to be you right and you can't do it with a pea shooter so yeah. one of the things that i've been doing in in prep right is i'm the most vocal second amendment advocate there's another guy who, you know, he was a gun store owner, but he's still in favor of red flag laws. And those are the worst, by the way, gun store owners. I hate them. <laughs> you know, they're all it's just more more about the dollar or whatever. But we know how a lot of these red flag laws and all that can be abused. Right. Because it's not you that's getting to make the decision. It's someone else. It might be your pissed off girlfriend, your, your mom who you haven't talked to in 20 years or somebody who just says they know you and it. They can say whatever they want. And then all of a sudden you have the government in your house where they do not belong. And if they find anything else, you know, um, North Carolina, weed's not legal. So if they storm your house because of something that someone said and they, they then all of a sudden now you're picking up a ju- uh, drug charge, you know. So mm. it's it's all it's all BS. I mean, war on drugs, the war yeah, and the the Second Amendment attacks it's it's just all total BS. So uh, I'm very vocal about that. But the negative thing, right? As a as a libertarian, you know, we don't we don't necessarily get a whole lot of uh, uh, mileage in you know um, you know mainstream talk shows or news interviews or, or anything. In fact, I got more TV time after I lost the last election because I gotten almost 200,000 votes that now I was newsworthy, right? But before that, nobody even considered me a factor. What I'm hoping is to take that momentum from the last election um, and, uh, with a lot of the people that are now following me from, from the news stations. And when the time is right, you know, after we get off the primary aspect, then when it's time for the general, then really start, you know, really start uh, diving into it. Um, the number one aspect for me right now will be to, you know, raise enough money to get on the debate stage. Because if you put the the leading Democrat and the leading Republican up there, I, I know policy wise, I can I can slice them apart. Right. Um, because all they're going to do is mouthpieces for their individual parties where I'm a mouthpiece for individual liberty. So it's much easier for me. And I don't have, you know, and if uh, I, I have no promises to anyone outside you know, the constitution and there, you don't have to ask me where I stand on particular stuff because most libertarians can, they can almost get there. You know, there might be some small variances and stuff, but, you know, by and large, we, we work off of a playbook that, that doesn't have hypocrisy in it. And my playbook, I can guarantee doesn't have hypocrisy in it because I ran it all the way down. I had to draw lines in some weird places and people may not like where I draw the line. But there is zero hypocrisy in anything that I stand for. Um, and was, was your last election also for the same seat? Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, not the same seat. Uh, it was for the other Senate seat. Was it two years ago? 
uh, to, uh, a year ago, going oh, a year ago, year. So yeah, it was the 2020. It was um, it was for the Trump Biden election, right? So here in the state of North Carolina, we had uh, we had uh, our incumbent Republican who most people didn't like, and then we had uh, Cal Cunningham who you know he was the Army veteran, he was carrying the the veteran vote, um, but he also around October, like a month before it fell out that he was, uh, you know, basically being a Jody, um, sleeping with another serviceman's wife that came out that rolled over. And then all of a sudden my email blew, blew up from other vets, right? They're like, look, I'm not voting for him. Tillis took money away from the military. Um, so here you're my guy. Um, so I picked up a lot of momentum because of the lack of, ethics and, and morals and with, with the other two. So I'm kind of hoping that, um, and I'm kind of able to piggyback on that too. I'd like to have a scandal of my own, you know, just probably more aligned with. <laughs> right. That way somebody be like, Oh, that crazy libertarian guy wants to fight for his individual Liberty, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, cheating on my wife and, um, and, and whatnot, because if your wife can't trust you, you know, why, why should we? Um, and unfortunately, that happens across, you know, the whole political spectrum. We keep putting people into these positions and they're not they're not good candidates, but they're not even good people by and large. I mean, when you dig into them and you start finding out about these people in you know, in various states, uh, you're just it. It's just you're amazed that people are able to get as far as they can being as shitty as they are. So it is it is amazing. It blows my mind how many times they can be forgiven over and over and over. And people really just don't care how many sins they've committed, how many terrible things they've done. As long as as long as that person agrees with most of what you believe in, you're willing to just forgive them. And as long as they've got excellent lip service, if they can look right at the camera and boldface lie over and over and over. Enough people will keep believing them. I did not have sexual relations with that girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you look at Joe Biden. How many times is being caught live on TV sniffing some fucking kid's head? He likes just, just like, I'm not even sure I can put that against him, though, because I'm, I'm there's nothing I can ask him that I would expect him to remember. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> you ask him what he had for breakfast. Um, and I, you know, I, I'd be willing to see him, to see him struggle just with, with his definition, just to swing it back to the second amendment of you know, the, the, the constitution definitely restricted the use of cannons, right. Or what he was just, shit was just rolling out of his mouth. Um, <laughs> and then, he, uh, he said, even from the, uh, writing of the second amendment, certain people weren't allowed to own firearms. You, yeah, those people were called slaves, slaves and that's yeah. why we say that the Second yep. Amendment is important. <laughs> yep, and that it was those early gun laws were based off racial tensions. So, I mean, the yeah. whole the whole thing is, you know, based off of, um, you know, race superiority. So, I've got a question for you, Shannon. Sure. Taking a little different direction. So, I was peeking at your website. I saw the border security side. Mm-hmm. You say that there's some areas that libertarians are going to disagree with. Um, I'm I'm pretty pure on the libertarian platform, but I'm also Mises caucus. So I'm absolutely not going to judge you. 
um, for anything that isn't, you know, completely mainstream pure LP stuff. Um, where do you feel like you differ from mainstream libertarianism? Uh, I, I don't necessarily feel I differ because I am more on the open immigration, but I do also understand that we can't flip that switch day one, right? Be because the immigration, unfortunately, also ties into the welfare system, right? So you can't have a discussion of, on one without addressing the other. We have to take care of, you know, we have to change the rules on where federal funding and stuff go. So when I say I would like to open the borders, it's, it's not, I don't want people to kind of envision just like, oh, we'll just let every everyone in. No, I still want border security. It's important to know uh, personal movement, right? Because you still have um, uh, human trafficking and, and whatnot. And a lot of my border security aspects is, are things that we already have in place, like cybernets and um, a, you know, pressure switches and you don't necessarily need a wall because we already have defenses there. We already have cameras. We can, we can see a large majority of everything, you know, spending billions of dollars just for a physical wall is absolutely stupid. Um, and that's something that my state actually, you know, pretty much supported, even though it took a lot of money from the, the military bases here with, uh, with you, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, the Army, all of them uh, ended up losing money to the border wall, which I think now is now going back. But um, so I'm 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 in much favor for uh, immigration reform. Um, and I you know more on lines of, you know, Starship Trooper where, you know, you're able to earn your way, you know, through military service or, you know, for, for public service, you know, able to or in. To, to become a citizenship. But at the same time, I don't agree with how the welfare system works in large, not just for, for immigrants. So it's, it's tricky. You can't, for me, I can't separate those two because you have to fix the welfare before you fix the immigration if you're going to be successful. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. So when you talk about like uh, border security, you're not talking about like necessarily keeping people out. You're talking more of like a like a, a human checkpoint, right? Basically, they come in like Ellis Island was. They write their name down. You just want to know. I just want to try and help clarify this for people. Mm -hmm. um, you just basically just who they are, where they're coming from and why they're coming in. And then they keep going. Yeah. Um, it's not so yep. much of we're trying to keep you out. We're just wanting to know who's coming. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and if somebody's unsavory and, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, keeping keeping them out um, and completely blocking them, you know, based off of whatever reputation they have, wherever they are. But like the refugees and stuff like that. I mean, these people we're, we're lucky or not only are we lucky enough to have been born here. I mean, we're, we're lucky enough to actually served our country to understand the level of sacrifice it takes, you know, for our freedom. And those are levels of steps that most people haven't even taken. You know, we're part of the one percent. Um, <laughs> so at any rate, um, it. It's, it's, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> we've served, we understand the sacrifice. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, we've seen across the world how um, not just the poor, but, you know, the, the Afghan refugees and stuff. And you go to Afghanistan and it you you know instantly, you know, especially if you have children here, how lucky you are. Right. You you see how they have to live Um, now. Let's put gang violence in there. Now let's put the the additions of the war on drugs right to where you have cartels and violence. And now people are scared for their lives and they're scared for their children's lives. We're lucky that we were we were born here. Right. But if if you had the opportunity, if you were in Guatemala and you had this gang stuff going around you with the war on drugs, it was imposed by the United States. Absolutely. With all the arms and stuff that were pushed into there, wouldn't you do anything you could to keep your children safe? And that anything that they can is coming to the United States. So I don't fault them. Um, you know, they're they're breaking a misdemeanor law, um, but that shouldn't be enough to keep them out when there's absolute need. Um, but at the same time. I don't want to support people as they're coming in with my tax dollars, but I don't want to support anyone, you know, with, you know, all the government does is take money and they say, Oh, this system's broken. We must need more money. And they just keep taking more money and they don't have to fix anything. What I want is an efficient system. I care about my neighbors. I care about the people in my state. Um, I don't want to see homeless people. I definitely don't want to see homeless vets. And I definitely feel like the federal government should be taking care of that. Um, I think the federal government should be in charge of the VA uh, or not in charge of the VA because they already are. But um, I think they should be responsible for um, the damage that they've caused by sending us to war. Um, but I also feel like we shouldn't be spending all of our foreign money um, and just just throwing it out the window. You want to send tax people to my house for five thousand dollars and you want to turn around and give five million dollars to some jackass you don't even know. And then you want to arm them up too. Um, and then you're just like, uh, you know, have a, have a good life. Go start your war. Um, and they're going to end up being our enemies. Right. And you know, who we're funding today is exactly who will be fighting tomorrow. And that's Absolutely. just the way it is. So um, <laughs> that's pretty Dave much Smith quote. immigration to war. To, uh, but yeah. So what would you do? On the border issue, what would you do about the detention centers right now, the kids in cages? How would you solve that from an efficiency standpoint? Well, it's rough now because there's a disconnect between the children and where they where they belong, um, you know, with, with the parents. Um, neither administration has handled that uh, efficiently. The, the biggest mistake was to have done that to begin with. Um, I don't know what we necessarily do with the children that we've separated that we can't, you know, send back, uh, you know, is someone has to take care of them. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that most likely has to fall into the federal government um, because you can't just send kids, you know, walking back, you know, to, to Guatemala or whatever. But at the same time, that's all part of that, you know, natural plan of, look, if we can't all get in, let's try to see if our kids can get in. Um but again, I am pro-immigration, so I'm okay with them coming in. I, what I don't want is, 
you know, the, the human trafficking aspect of it. I can care less about the drug aspect of it, to be honest with you, because all of that is just um, that that's just we cause that, you know, the war on drugs and um, all of that devastation is stuff that was basically done by by Reagan. So um, that's not that's not the critical critical aspect, because if everything was legalized, we wouldn't need a black market. True. Right. And then and then you also. You can regulate it, you know, because we don't want, you know, people taking bad stuff. You don't necessarily need to tax it just for the sake of taxing it. Um, but by and large, you know, it's 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 amazing how the major issues with the drug on war, you got immigration, you've got us constantly fighting wars. All of this stuff has been self-inflicted. Right. We're, we're just getting deeper and deeper. Every administration, whether we're Republican or a Democrat, just um, the deficit keeps going up. We're, we're ending up in more war. We're constantly at someone's throat or trying to act like we're the, you know, the ultimate political badass when when we can't even take care of our own people. Um, so that's uh, I'm trying to circle back. I, I'm immigration. Um, because I, I, I believe in humanity first. Uh, I believe in trying to find a way to support people, but by giving them a way to support themselves, not, not by, um, I'm all about, you know, um, you know, like the Red Cross and volunteering and giving donations and, and things like that. But, you know, the aspect of, you know, taking citizen money by force and using it for anything else, whether it's, um, you know, buying more tanks or battleships or not battleships. I haven't been using in a while. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, I, I just have a hard time um, supporting that when there are so many people struggling and the government really hasn't been efficient with money, right? They, they print it. Um, they just keep printing it. Uh, then they, they go into more debt, um, but then they expect everyone else to be, you know, so responsible. And it, it it's just a shit show. Yeah, I don't think people realize that, you know, especially the left, because the left is the ones that tend to be a lot more frustrated about our economy and those problems. But I don't think people realize how much the government has to do with that, that all of our prices, everything like that is based on inflation and how much the government borrows and spends. I mean, you're exactly right. As long as they're going to be that disrespectful with our money, it's going to come back and bite all of us. And then you look at the feds, not even part of the government, right? So all the shady shit that they do. The the name, the fed that they would be at least loosely tied, but you know, it's, it's just amazing how you can't go anywhere else. And I'm a consultant, right? I work, I work in it. But I can't go to someone and say, hey, I'm going to fix this problem for you for a million dollars. And then uh, you you du- you double the time it was going to take. And you'd be like, you know what? Now I need five million dollars um, in, in order to finish the project. Um, you, you're ex- you're expecting them to come up and say, oh, sure, here's here's five million dollars. And then you come back and say, oh, you know what? I need another ten. Um, this is basically what the federal government keeps doing to us. You know, oh, we're going to take some of those taxes for your health care. Man, we we screwed that up. How are we going to fix it? Oh, we're going to pour more money in it. Where the money's going to come from? Yep, you got it. Oh, you can't afford it. 
I'm going to take it by gun. Yep. And I, I always like when people say, oh, they don't take your money by, by gunpoint. They That's all they do. <laughs> don't pay it and see what happens. In the contracting uh, world, there'd be lawsuits for anything like that, any of those breaches of contract. Yeah, it's just amazing. So they don't have to be good at money at all. All you have to do is keep printing it and keep stealing it. Um, and the fact that some people have to pay so much of their income to income tax for stuff that they're not even using is ridiculous. I don't mind paying for the road. I don't mind paying for school. I, I'm not anti-tax, right? I'm anti-taking my money and then it not helping me and my family. I think it brings yeah. up the argument if it's something, sorry, Chris, but if it's something that you would pay for anyway, then you would pay for it anyway. Like the toll road, right? I get on a toll road. I have a little responder. I know that when I drive this road, it's going to cost me such and such. Um, but, it, you know, it's a privilege that I take if, if I'm in a hurry or whatnot. If I'm not in a hurry, I'll go the, go the slow way. But everything could kind of work off of that. That way, all the public roads are, you know, not the, not the same amount of money as your typical toll road, right? But if you're taking a, a, you know, a penny or two or whatever for the use of that road, then you're no longer taxing people, you know, five cities away for a road that they'll never even see. You're only taxing the people that are using it. So that ultimately that's where we get to, right? A place to where, um, I mean, there's none of us that knows where all our tax dollars went last year. All I really know is that I filed on time and I still haven't got my taxes. So uh, where where's that money? I've got other people who want money, but you think I can go to them and say, you know, the IRS is a little late with my taxes, so you're going to have to wait too. No, then they're going to start. You know, um, they'll they'll repo your they'll repo your stuff. They'll um, turn off your electricity or whatever. But they they take your money and then you don't even get it back in time. So it's it's just you know. Abolishing the IRS would be way up there in my to-do list. Let's go. So <clears throat> I wanted to see if you wanted to to take a few minutes to do some anchor calling moments. We've got three as of right now. And I don't pre-screen these because um, it, it adds a little spiciness to it. So uh, if we do this, uh, oh, we've got four now. Oh, Jesus. Three of them are from Cajun. <laughs> not, not not Cajun Libertarian I'm sure it's not Cajun Libertarian all three of them <laughs> and then we've got one from T. Marie ah, here we go this one is from T. Marie good evening not a real Libertarian listeners and watchers this is Patricia and I thought I would read a portion of Jack Casey's the Royal Green book tonight instead of <laughs> having not a real libertarian read it to you and punish you all in agony so here goes it their money was stolen first they're bastards all of them murderous thieves mercenaries who take the royalties tax money rat out smugglers and prostitutes and the royalty looks the other way on their crimes in return. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely reading it now. Well, Patricia's a hell of a sales girl. <laughs> she knows. How I was about to say. I, it's now, I'm going to get on Amazon after this um, and, <laughs> and make Jack Casey rich. We sold two copies <laughs> today. 
and all of the buyers were on the show. I mean, we're great sponsors here. Sponsors. Turns out there's like six people who bought this book. Three of them are on this show, and then the other three are at Muddy Waters. Right so. <laughs> oh man. All right, let's uh, let's dive into the madness here in the mind of not Cajun Libertarian. Well, hello there. Not a real libertarian podcast. I am a host on the LP Liberty Talk Radio. And if you will, I'd like to take 60 seconds to give an opinion, if that is so with the rest of the group here. Um, Again, uh, host on the LP Liberty Talk Radio. 60 seconds, please. And I'd like to begin with uh, starting with my podcast, which is aired on the internet. And I, I, look, I have about 10 seconds left here. 10, 9, eight, <laughs> seven, six, five, four. Regret. I know exactly what he's talking about, and I'm not going there. But uh, that's amazing. I, I can't believe he did that. I can <laughs> actually. I can. I can. I can absolutely believe it. Oh, oh, Steve. Yeah, oh. yeah. Steve. Jimmy gave it away. Oops. All right. <clears throat> well, I guess this is the the Cajun Libertarian call-in hour. So let's do uh, number two. Three, two. And- <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh my god! You are ready, and it is okay. With everyone here that I take again about another 60 seconds to give my opinion as long as the group is okay with that over here in LP Liberty Talk Radio and so if you would please give me about 10 seconds that's 10 9 Eight seven six five four three two and one and now you can PTR for a new profile picture of Man Cave podcasting on LP Liberty Talk Radio. I hope he's not listening, but I don't care. That guy annoys the shit out of me. He annoys the shit out of me. He's so freaking annoying. The music in the background, there's like I, I will leave a room like that when he's in it but sorry steve if you're listening i don't care (laughs) all right last one so now if it's okay with everyone in the group i would like to take 60 seconds 60 seconds to play a clip from my lord and savior donald trump i heard at the beginning of this podcast from Christopher Darnell or Bootleg at Libertarian that this was the best podcast of all the podcasts. <laughs> fake news. That's fake news. 
We all know, and everybody knows, just look around, ask anyone, ask them all. They all know that the Cajun Libertarian is the greatest podcaster of all the podcasters. And this is just a fact. You can look it up. Fact check it. Now I'd like to thank Donald Trump for those 60 seconds. Oh, God. He's so talented, man. I'm being told a PTR for another one. Oh, God. Super Smash by Nalik Trump. Who I know. I'm excited. I wouldn't air that endorsement if I were you. All right, let's do it. Hey, guys. It's the Eskimo Libertarian here. And I'd like to challenge you guys to a Super Smash tournament. And I think we should stream a Super Smash tournament on either Twitch or on YouTube, Facebook, what have you, so that we can raise money and have a good time, kind of like how we had the Jeopardy event. I think it'd be a lot of fun. So I'm officially challenging you folks. I'm down. I don't have the new one. I'm well-versed on Melee if you want to play on GameCube. But I'm in. All right, Shannon. Do you? Uh, I guess that's a good <laughs> question. Uh, do you play video games at all? And are you down to smash the bros? Uh, I have not played video games in um, a, a few years, but I'm always down to uh, to 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 jump on one. Much better choice of words. So, <laughs> so Shannon, you uh, you mentioned the immigration, but. Since you said that there were some areas that might not be super libertarian, but they're hypocrisy free, what other parts of your platform do you feel like don't quite align with the LP? Well, I don't know if they don't quite align with the LP, but they don't necessarily align with people. Um, well, the Republican people, per se. Uh, and most of it comes where some of it ties to uh, immigration, but now the, the link between immigration and abortion. Right. Because all of our major issues, all they all they all interlink somewhere. Um, but then when you start looking at the the abortion aspect, right, you have you have the the nap, you know, the non-ingration uh, principle. And I, no matter what side of the fence you're on, I, I, as libertarians, we we all agree with that. Um, some people are um, pro-choice primarily because they don't want the federal government coming in and making decisions. Right. So by eliminating the government, you essentially become pro-choice. Um, but then you do have some people that are anti-abortion primarily be- because of the NAP principle. Um, so there, there is one of the lines inside the libertarian party that, you know, uh, it's, it's just people are on either side both people are coming from the right place, right? Because they're talking about personal liberty, freedom, non-aggression principle, and whatever. But it's just two different perspectives. And the perspective is this. Um, the only way that we can really have a hypocrisy-free um, platform is when we start looking at, uh, you know, because if, if a if illegal immigrants or non-documented people come in from, from Mexico and they have a child on U S soil, that child by the 25th, no, not 25th amendment. Um, I think it's 25th, um, is, is a U S citizen. 
Um, and that's just the way it is, right? That is in the constitution. Um, that opens up the whole anchor baby thing, right? We're, we're going to go to the U S we're going to have a baby, uh, while we're there. And it, it kind of opens that up, but let's take a look at the, the Republican view of most, most Republicans are anti-abortion and they typically use the Bible as their doctrine of, of wild, why they are so, um, you know, against abortion, which I completely support that, that line of thinking. Um, but then if you have, you know, people trying to come into the United States uh, and they're pregnant, all of a sudden the life of that baby is not technically really worth the same amount as a, as a U.S. citizen baby. Right. So because of that, um, you you have a line of hypocrisy. You're basically saying all I really care about are U.S. citizen babies. I don't really care about the rest of the world babies. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're as long as you're actually saying that, then you're not necessarily a hypocrite. But then you can't use the Bible as your support. Right. Because uh, I don't I don't remember ever. uh, And I'm an atheist, but I've read the Bible more times than most Christians had. But in no time did it say that, you know, the, uh, the the people you're supposed to love and care for stop at the border. Right. So it, it's there. There in lies the hypocrisy. So here is where I have to draw my line. You're not a U.S. citizen, nor uh, you're not a U.S. citizen until the day you're born, whether you're you know inside the United States. Right. That is when you have your personal freedom, your rights or whatever. But up until the day you're born, you don't technically have any rights because if you did, then you would have rights as soon as the parents came in with the baby, right? Then all of a sudden that baby would have rights. So unless you're drawing the line of citizenship, um, you know, based off of at birth and then, then there's, you really can't have a hypocrisy free stance. So hopefully I, I said that right. I don't know if I, I did or not. But. So where do you stand on abortion specifically? Since, since you brought it up, I got to know. I I'm, I'm personally against it, but I will never support a law that will uh, put the federal government in the way to change um, someone else's right to choose. Just because I believe something doesn't mean I have the right to impose that belief on other people. Would you would so you support laws locally? Uh, no. Okay, no. I agree with you. I that's mean, that's exactly me is, my is, yeah, because because I don't I don't know anything about that family. I don't really want to know anything about that family. Uh, I yeah, I don't know anything about you know them and their doctor or their medical issues and. Um, you know, what, what law have you ever read that was so smartly written that it treated people exactly the way that it was supposed to be written? Like if it came down to, you know, oh, you know, medical this, or maybe then we can kind of look at it, but that's not the way things are gone. It's either you are for it or you are against it, but that's not, that, that is such a huge issue with so many people on on both sides, it's not like, oh, oops, I got pregnant. I'm gonna go out and get an abortion. That that's that's you know that's careless. But 
at the same time, you have people who have strong medical issues or whatnot. And then you're taking that freedom to save the mother's life potentially away from them by, you know, by writing bullshit laws. So um, it doesn't matter whether I'm pro or against, although I'm I'm I personally wouldn't do it. But at the same time, how I feel doesn't change what you should do because I don't know you. I don't know your family. I don't know your circumstances. And how dare I sit there and think I'm smart enough to craft a law that will take care of you, um, you know, in your particular situation. So let me uh, I'll. I'll preface with this. I am against abortion on a personal level, right? Um, but I, what I call myself is uh, pro-choice. I'm the true pro-choice. I think you should have an option between either having the abortion if you want it or putting the child up for adoption if you don't want to take care of it or if you want to raise the child, do that. But the problem is, is the government or specifically the organizations that say that they're pro-choice aren't actually pro-choice. It's either... It's either uh, have the abortion or have the child and raise it. Um, adoption in the United States costs tens of thousands of dollars. So you're not you, you, you're actually taking away someone's choice. Like they may not want to have the abortion. Right. But they're like, well, I, I, I throw this kid in an adoption or in, into the adoption process or the foster system. And it's a it's a joke because it's run by the government. It's atrocious. So if we take away this massive cost from adoption and just, you know, allowing people to adopt kids, there are tons of same-sex couples that would love to adopt kids that would take care of this child. But the people who claim to be pro-choice don't want that. They, they fund Planned Parenthood and are committing genocide because I shouldn't say that because I'm now, now I'm going to get hate mail for that. But, um, they're they're funding Planned Parenthood. I don't give a shit what anybody says. The facts are there. They give money to Planned Parenthood, which is a privately owned business. I'm against that, no matter what it's for. I don't think they should be giving money to to uh, Smith and Wesson, to Ruger, to Planned Parenthood, to Walmart, to Target. Nobody. If if we want to solve these problems, give people actual real options, right? Like I, I, I'm against uh, I'm against abortion. But I don't think that you should have to carry this child if you don't want to. I can't force you to do something. But giving people real competitive choices. um, Yeah, exactly. Adoption is significantly more expensive and exclusive than it should be. Why do you think you see, you know, like these rich celebrities flaunting a child when they adopt it? Because it's it's a huge money thing. My wife and I have looked into maybe... uh, Adopting a third child. Can't do it. Costs tens of thousands. I'm a povertarian. I can't afford that shit. Yeah, that's ridiculous. We definitely need re- reform in that area. I'm, I'm personally, I think abortion is bad on a personal level. I, I think it's reprehensible. I would never endorse it for anybody. Um, but I'm really anti-prohibition. So that leaves me being pro-choice because I don't think that a world where people would rather use coat hangers or drugs or you know, in, in a worst case scenario, be abused by their, you know, boyfriend or baby daddy or something like that is better. I feel like having medical access makes a safer and better world, even though I think it's a terrible thing that happens. Yeah, it, and that, um, I think that's well stated. I, I think that encapsulates kind of 
really where I'm coming from as well. I think you did a great job too. When you said that, I was like, I was digging in a little bit, but I was like, I think, I think we really agree. So good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I just got a text message from an individual who says that they did another call in moment, but they said, this one is specifically for you, Shannon. Do you want to hear it? Oh, sure. <laughs> There's actually two more. I'll do I'll do the, the specific question for you and then I'll go on to the next one because I don't know what this other one's about, but we'll see. Um all right, this one here. So let me apologize to Shannon for um that crap. I thought you were gonna play it after he was off the air since he's running for office and <laughs> that is very important and his time is very valuable. But instead you decided to play my nonsensical, inapplicable absolute garbage while he is on air i am sorry shannon uh, so i'd like to ask him i'm just here to have a good time are the ballot access laws where you are at how hard is it for you to get on the ballot and what can we do to help that's an excellent question uh the nice thing about north carolina is uh it's it's not as difficult for me to get on the ballot than uh that it is for a lot of other people in fact i've, I've been on clubhouse and I've, I've heard what a lot of the other candidates had to say about having to run around and go get all of those signatures. Um, to be honest, all I really had to do was be a libertarian for, you know, a certain amount of time before I file. Um, and libertarians have ballot access in the state of North Carolina. Um, now, that's where the easy part wears out. Right. But that, for a lot of people, that's they don't even get there because of the, the laws and, and stuff because of the duopoly. Um, but then after that, it all just kind of falls apart, right? The federal funding that you get from, you know, paying taxes and elections and all of that go out to the Republican and the Democrats. Um, the Libertarian Party doesn't get anything. We only have 45,000 people in our state that, um, you know, that are in the Libertarian um, Party, per se. So we don't necessarily have a whole lot of money coming into the state, but we are we are a battleground state. So you know, millions of dollars go into these elections with the Republicans and the Democrats. In fact, it's very much like Georgia and North Carolina were very similar in that race where they spent, you know, over a quarter of a billion dollars uh, on the Republican and the Democrats. And then after the election and I got, you know, 172,000 votes or whatever, then all the pissed off Democrats were like, uh, you, you stole our votes and, you know, you're just an egotistical asshole and I'm going to come over and kill you. And, you know, all, all, all this stuff, uh, which, which is funny by the way, because I am second amendment, right. <laughs> come over. If you, <laughs> you better bring a gun. Unlocked. So, <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I, you know, boom, <laughs> but <laughs> at any rate, um, my $400 that I spent for my campaign lap was just $400 is all I spent. I didn't take money from anyone. And the reason why I didn't take money was because I knew I was going to lose, right? It's the election of the year, Donald Trump against Biden. And we're going to split the Senate, you know, in the commercials here in North Carolina were just like the apocalypse that's coming. Right. So as a libertarian, you're sitting here like with with no money and, you know, no media attention and and anything. I'm like, nobody even knows that I'm running. So 
you know, after the election, I was like, wow, this, um, I got more votes in that election than any other libertarian in the state of North Carolina ever. So we broke that record. Hell yeah. Um, and it, 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 and another thing that I'm, that I'm a little proud of is, is so we had, we had Joe and Spike here a couple times and I was very uh, fortunate to, you know, um, travel around with them in the state of North Carolina and kind of piggyback off of, you know, their, their, their campaigns. But in the state of North Carolina, they got about 45,000 votes, which is, you know, pretty much party line uh, in North Carolina. But then, you know, I was able to pull off, you know, 172,000. So I'm not just a libertarian candidate, right? I'm more of a candidate for liberty. And there are a lot of people, the independents, Republicans, Democrats, that are liberty minded and don't want to vote for that. So uh, to go back and to answer the question, the big thing is, is as we start launching our um, our fundraising, I have to raise fifty thousand dollars. I don't know what I'm going to do with it because I'm pretty good with my money. So if I ran a campaign with four hundred dollars last time, what are you going to do with fifty thousand? <laughs> You know, ideally, it would probably be for more for a TV spot, but it doesn't really matter where that money goes. It's just they, in order to get on the debate stage, you have to have raised it. Um, so that's the big thing. Um, getting because I feel like if libertarians can get on the debate stage, and then we can we can be like because we agree with almost fifty percent with both people, right? We are the middle aisle. You know, we get a bad rap for, you know, hating people and and, you know, we have our anarchists and, and stuff like that. But by and large, you know, a libertarian is not going to get elected and all of a sudden the, the country is going to fall apart. What you have now is an individual who becomes the middle aisle and someone who's kind of a gauge for liberty and be like, oh, no, that's going to be unconstitutional. I'm going to go. I'm going to vote for this way. You know, if we had 10 libertarians in the Senate and we had 20 in the house, life is different, right? It's done. Now, yeah. Not about party lines. And we don't have to be the strongest party. We're just the party with principles in the middle. We'll be like, oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with Nancy on this one or nope, I'm going to roll the other way on this one. Right. It's, but it's not, they're not, they're not coming to tell me how I'm going to vote. I'm voting for the people who I'm representing, right? Are you trying to take their money? If you are, I'm going to vote no, right? Um, or if you're if you're trying to take away their personal liberties, I'm going to vote no. But if all of a sudden now you're trying to give them something, you know, as far as personal liberty, or we're going to get rid of some of these BS laws, I'm all about that, right? So it we are the middle, the quote unquote middle aisle, and once people realize that we're basically the balance between the both, I think that's when we're really, when we're really going to pick up traction. And well, I think we're so, close to that. Shannon, you said the trigger word, which is money and fundraising. Money, money yeah. So if you want to help Shannon raise $50,000, or if you got fifty k, you want to blow right now, go to shannonbray.us. That's S-H-A-N-N-O-N. B-R-A-Y.us is scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Hit that big donate button. It's on the bottom, down here, and up here. There's two options, so if you miss it, you're not a real libertarian. Um, 
<laughs> and you can become a volunteer, which is also very important because campaigns take a lot of work. So go donate and then sign up to be a volunteer. And uh, Shannon, is there anything else you would like to plug, sir? No, nah, that's it. Uh, you know, I love to engage people on Twitter. Um, so whether you agree or disagree with anything, um, I, I actually sharpen some of my debate stuff by, uh, you know, getting into Twitter wars or whatever, but you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Shannon Bray and C. Um, I, I take a lot of hate mail there too. So <laughs> whatever people want to do. <laughs> with that being said, I've got one last anchor call in moment and I've been told what it is. So we're breaking the rules slightly. Shannon, is 50K <laughs> the only requirement? Is 50,000 the only thing you need to get on the debate stage? No polling, no nothing else? Uh, no, and then I have to uh, do 10% in the polls was last year, which is doable because there for a couple polls, I was actually polling around 10%. Hell yeah. Um, and then, you know, in the end, and it kind of dropped down to the, the three. But if um, once you get the debate stage, I, I think everything else will will fall into place. So it really does come down to the 50,000. So we're going to hit this last call in and it's going to lead into my next question. Hi, this is Liberty Shamrocker. I just wanted to invite you all to LP Liberty Talk Radio. After the show, we'll have an after party to be all after parties. And if this is enough ASMR for you, you know, there is a chance that the real Jack Casey will be there as well. Join us there for the after party. So, you uh, will you be joining us for an after party on the crack house? Me? Sure. Yeah. You're the yeah. you're the star, baby. Oh well, then hey, uh, yeah, I've uh, I'd love to be there. Hell yeah! <laughs> Pool parties and egg McMuffins. Hey hey, yes. Well, Shannon, I appreciate you putting up with us tonight. Uh, no, I mean, I had a, I had a blast. It was definitely definitely a good time. That's awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, teaser because I'd be like that. You might be seeing Shannon on another part of our uh, our network. Something that Mister Daughtry, not Daughtry, Darty. I still mess it up. Mister Darty runs. Uh, it sounds a lot like veteran. That was a solid oh. teaser. You will be seeing Shannon Bray again on the Not a Real Podcast Network on Not a Real Veteran on Wednesday, August eighteenth. So be there for that. I'll be where, there. Hell yeah. Where he may you better or be. may not talk about veterans issues. And there may or may not be technical difficulties, which is fine because it's not a real <laughs> podcast if everything goes smoothly. Facts. Shannon, I appreciate you, sir. We'll see you here in a little bit on Clubhouse. Uh, and just in case you were worried, you're not a real libertarian. Excellent. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate you, man. See you, brother. Well, somehow we pulled it off again, and we've gone an entire hour, and nobody has died. Wow, thank God. I've tried. 
I've been drinking. Ain't died yet. <laughs> You'll probably die later, but it's fine. You got some time left. Yeah. We'll all die. My later. wife will get a very fat uh, paycheck when I die. So, and she's really True. good looking for anyone who's not seen her. Uh, she will be. <laughs> hey, government <laughs> jobs, man. That's the beauty of working for the government. Get that life insurance. Hey. Uh, the GI life insurance and then uh, regular life insurance. So, SGLI, good stuff. I know it's it's probably smart to be worth more alive than dead, but good luck to you, bro. I'm sure it'll work out. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if you want to see some more serious content, uh, check out not a real news broadcast. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. Check out Will's show and his buddy Brexton. Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. And check out this show every week. We've got guests, uh, some better than others. No, I'm just kidding. They're all phenomenal. We don't have trash on here except for that that weird dude in crawfish soup. Um, <laughs> Facts. But uh, check out this show every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, follow, stalk, molest, whatever you got to do to make the algorithm work. Uh, Check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Will is on Twitter. I am on Twitter. Will, what is your tweeter? Not a real Will. I am at libertarian underscore not in case somebody was confused that I was a libertarian. We don't want to confuse them. And please follow the Oklahoma Libertarian Party if you don't already. Follow the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus if you don't. Also, go buy the Royal Green at theroyalgreen.com or Amazon. Go to tomfor52.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. Go to shannonbray.us, S-H-A-N-N-O-N-B-R-A-Y.us, and send that man 50 large. If 500 people send him $50,000, I'll send you a free t-shirt. <laughs> That's a deal. I'm so sold. Fucking, it's amazing. Like conversion rate is astonishing. It's almost like the U.S. dollar. <laughs> seriously. Seriously, even better. Uh, but uh well we're out of here you're not real libertarians and come hang out with us on clubhouse thanks guys be safe and be free so now if it's okay with everyone in the group i would like to take 60 seconds 60 seconds to play a clip from my Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. I heard at the beginning of this podcast from Christopher Darnell, or bootleg libertarian, that this was the best podcast of all the podcasts. Fake news. That's fake news. We all know, and everybody knows, just look around, ask anyone, ask them all. They all know that the Cajun Libertarian is the greatest podcaster of all the podcasters. And this is just a fact. You can look it up. Fact check it. Fact check it.
Now I'd like to thank Donald Trump for those 60 seconds. <laughs>